Welcome to the Fit People Problems Podcast with your host, Rowan Edmonds. Fit People Problems will feature a guest each week to discuss the ups and downs of women's fitness. Rowan and her guests will cover topics from the potential harms of a fitness journey to turning a passion into a career. Tune in every Monday at 1. And now, here's your host, Rowan Edmonds. Welcome to episode 7 of the Fit People Problems podcast. Today, I'm here with Alicia Mock, the owner and founder of Assassina Design, a clothing brand dedicated to women with the athletic build. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, thank you so much for coming on the show. So first things first, I want you to give me just a little bit of a background of your own personal fitness journey up until this point. Okay, yeah. Um, so my parents had a huge emphasis on sports when my siblings and I were growing up. So they put me in gymnastics when I was three. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that for about 15 years. And then I transitioned to competitive cheer. Um, did that for about four years. And now I do Olympic weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that has been a really interesting journey going from um, sports to just, you know, gym weightlifting. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, and learning a new sport around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's where I grew up and um, it's always been part of my life. It's always been <laughs> part of my personality, sports yep. and fitness. <laughs> of course, it's just like me to make something a brand related to fitness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're also, I see, because I've been following you on Instagram for a pretty long time now, so I've seen that you've become pretty active on social media with your fitness and what you post, and it's always super fun to see your videos, like my face after lifting or something. Those are always really fun to see. Uh- <laughs> so how do you think that can contribute to your lifts or how you see yourself or even your your brand? Yeah, it's definitely been interesting incorporating social media into my fitness journey I never thought I would be one to like record what I do mm-hmm. in the gym and post it <laughs> nonetheless yeah. um I always saw people that do that and then I never related to that mm-hmm. um until TikTok came out of course oh, and naturally. yeah naturally <laughs> I, I started um posting just like relatable fitness content and I saw there wasn't too many posts about like Olympic weightlifting so mm-hmm. I said okay I can just like post this and post my journey and inspire other girls to start um, Olympic weightlifting. So that was my goal with posting videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's been, it's been really fun. One thing that I noticed like in training, like, um, I'll always go into the gym with the mindset of, okay, what am I going to record now? And like, what content <laughs> am I going to create? So, and that part is not as positive. Sometimes I'll go into the gym. I'm like, I'm not touching the camera. I'm not posting anything. I'm just going to have my own training session. It almost feels like a private training session because yeah. I'm not recording, um, for, other people to watch so Mm -hmm. that's actually something that I've been like recently um noticing about how um once you get in a habit of posting on social media around your fitness journey it becomes so consistent that you feel like you can't stop you know and just have a training and watch it yeah no and I I do think it is cool though that you are really putting an emphasis an emphasis on Olympic weightlifting because I feel like I don't see, I see, I feel like Olympic weightlifting from what I have seen is a more male dominant aspect of lifting. Like I don't see a lot of females in it. So every time I see you posting stuff on it, I'm like, yes, she did that. She's the best. (laughs) But Um, a lot of people, um, I would say powerlifting is right now like the most popular Mm -hmm. gym sport. Um, I like posting it when I grew up. Women in fitness wasn't as normalized i would say mm-hmm. 
I think when I grew up, it was like the Victoria's Secret era. So everyone wanted to be super skinny and, you know, look like a, a supermodel yeah. and that trendy body type of the 2000s. <laughs> so <laughs> it's really great to see now that everyone is uh, branching out and exploring women in fitness and women in the gym, growing muscles and still having your feminine side. Yeah. Um, but like encouraging girls to try something that society doesn't typically offer mm-hmm. as a sport to women. Um, so that's been fun to see other girls, you know, taking up an interest in, um, any kind of, you know, fitness sports now and making it more popular. I love it. Yeah. And I think that also from what I feel like that goes pretty hand in hand with your brand Assassina Designs, where you like a lot of what I see on your merchandise and on your website is in the negativity around being bulky. And I think that is such a big thing because I've been told my whole life, like growing up lifting as well. Like, especially with, like, people like my dad or something. They're like, you don't want to be bulky. Right. And I'm like, why not? Like, what's going right. to happen if I get bulky? I'm going to become suddenly unattractive because I don't fit what you think is normalized? Like, I think that it's stupid. Yeah. So, on that note, tell me about Assassina. Tell me the story of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, it comes from such, like, a personal pain point that... Um, I turned into such like a big passion when I was um, a kid, you know, as a gymnast, I always was bulky. I was always very muscular for my age mm-hmm. and I could never find clothes that fit um, my legs. I could never find jeans. I remember when I, I would be like a kid crying in the dressing room to my mm-hmm. mom and like, what is fit? And I always thought it was my fault. And then <laughs> when it was that other athletes did same struggle. And I was like, oh my gosh, you also can't find jeans that fit. What is this? I know, right? <laughs> Um, so I would do research, and um, I found out that the size and scale of the fashion industry, you know, uses just not fit someone who is muscular and has those athletic body proportions. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was a kid, I think I was about 14, and I was like, I couldn't find a single pair of jeans that fit, and I told myself, I was like, I'm just going to make a brand and make clothes for athletic women so that we don't ever have to struggle finding clothes that fit. Ever again. So that is where the passion came from. Um, that internal struggle when I was a kid. And I just, it's such a shitty feeling when you're young and uh, already as a woman in society expected to look a certain way and then you realize you don't fit the standard. Um, so I didn't want any other younger athletes that, you know, um, adult athletes or at any age be that down and negative in the dressing room just because the clothes that we're trying on just are not made for us. Yeah, I've definitely, definitely felt that way growing up because growing up, I rode horses and contrary to popular mm-hmm. belief, that requires a ton of physical fitness, especially in your legs. So growing up, That's hard. Yeah. I know, like even though I was like when I was in high school, middle school, all that stuff, I was a little bit on the smaller side. I did have relatively muscular legs, and I'm also tall. I'm five foot nine, and I'm all legs. So finding jeans was hell on earth for me. <laughs> I've had multiple days when I was also crying in the dressing room, and my mom was like, "Why? Why are you crying?" You know, and it's just like it's like because nothing fits me, and the stuff that does actually fit my trunk thighs are act are like too short and like the calves or something. You know, so right. I completely yeah. understand where you're coming from, and I think it's a really great thing what you've done. So. What products do you have now that are available to the public? Like, what was the starter product? Yeah. So, um, I launched officially in 2020. Mm-hmm. And um, 
the idea was first around jeans, coming around jeans that fit. But, you know, we always, we also have a struggle trying to find tops and dresses that fit our lats and, like, our wider shoulders. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, those proportions. So my first item was a dress with an adjustable back to fit the, the width of your shoulders and your lap mm-hmm. that still comfortably sit around the hips and it was flattering. Um, so that was my first product, which was now called the knockout backless dress. Mm-hmm. And then my second launch was our first pair of athletic fit denim jeans. Mm-hmm. This one took me a really long time to make and learn what needed to be done in order to fit the athletic body. Mm-hmm. I launched in 2021, um, two enzymes and it's in a dark wash uh, fabric, the the fabric is this, like, gorgeous, lightweight, stretch fabric that just, like, hugs the curves, and it doesn't flatten anything, and it's so flattering. Um, I love those jeans. Um, and next on the list are our denim shorts, a light wash version of these denim shorts that are fit for the quads and the hips. Mm-hmm. Don't get the waist, all of that good stuff. So, very slowly expanding, but those are the products that we currently have, and then our next one in the future. Interesting. Yeah, I've seen some of like when I was like you know being friends with like your brother and stuff and whenever I'd come to your house I'd like see the jeans and I'm like I want them so bad I think well I don't think Cam actually got me a sports bra from your clothing brand a while ago and it's one of the few sports bras that actually fit because I have a really big back and a pretty big chest and it was actually one of the few that like I was like oh this actually supports me and fits me well and it was really nice to have that So how did you go about, you know, from an actual, like, physically doing the work and, like, physically manufacturing the jeans, how was, what would, what did that look like? Did you, like, actually measure the measurements yourself or did you have a, a company do it? What did, what was that like? Yeah, um, so that was one thing that I wanted to figure out was how do we make this sizing scale, like, what needs to be different from the typical sizing scale mm-hmm. to um, what? needs to fit an athlete so I went around I measured myself compared it to the standard sizing scale I found what the proportions were that were different between me and the standard sizing scale but I wanted to confirm that this was a universal um you know thing that other athletes are going to relate to so I went and measured a bunch of athletes I would go to fitness shows I would go to gyms and I was just a weird girl in the corner being like hey can I measure you (laughs) 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 it was it was really odd. I didn't even have a company name, but I went out and... Um, <laughs> hey, can I, I can I have your leg really quickly? <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned your butt. Like, <laughs> nothing worse. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I did that. I did find that we share this different proportion um, as athletes, as women with muscles. And if you compare it to what people typically use to make jeans, it does not match. It doesn't fit. So mm-hmm. I took um, those measurements. And I found somebody who in Los Angeles is really in the denim industry. Los Angeles is a huge denim Mm -hmm. industry um, city. So uh, luckily I was living out there at the time. So I had access to go from place to place and ask them to help me. And it was a lot of, uh, please, I'm a small business. Can you help me? Support me, please. (laughs) Leggings for athletes. Are you making jeans? Like, we don't get it. Um, so I finally found someone that understood the vision and was willing to help and he did the job of understanding the sizing scale that I wanted to use and the proportions that I wanted to use and having more room in the size mm-hmm. 
that was like a confusing point when I would tell people like I need more room at the side and they're like why and I'm like you don't you don't need to know why just <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just make it just do it please <laughs> yeah um so we made our first sample um in 2020 mm-hmm. COVID era and then it took us about five different prototype tries and sample tries until we found a pair that actually fit mm-hmm. and then I would take a pair to a bunch of different athletes and say please try it test it out let me know what you think I'm doing this thing with jeans. <laughs> so I was, <laughs> athlete feedback too, which was helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, what athletes preferred in their jeans. And then that is how our first product was born. That's awesome. And would you say that your jeans are the most popular product? Yes. The jeans and definitely our merch, um, which highlights how badass women are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I love the merch and I do too. Um, and, and definitely the jeans are, are the most popular. Good, yeah. So what do you think makes your company like stand out compared to others? You know, what you have is such a specific niche, but it is so needed in the women fitness community. But what do you think makes you stand out from other companies? Yeah, um, I think a big thing is that I'm an athlete myself. I didn't come with a fashion background, just business background and um, an athletic lifestyle. So from that, I truly understand what women in fitness need and are asking for. And I think I can translate that really well into products and um, give them what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm a huge supporter of women in sports and women in fitness and all of those things. So I think that really translate into, translates into what my brand offers. Yeah. Um, kind of the community that my brand is trying to build. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's another clothing brand. It's more of a community, of a support system, of women supporting each other and cheering each other on, and then also having clothes that fit wonderfully for your curves. Yeah. And can anyone wear and use this product? Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah anyone can definitely wear and use the product limited to just one person. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> I mean, obviously, <laughs> I know that, but... Um, but yeah, so what does I get most of my information about when you are having like new things come up when you're going to different like shows and whatnot and like having booths, I get most of my information from your social media pages. So on Instagram, do you think that's where your main source of connection from you to your consumers? Do you think that's where your main source of connection is? Yeah, yeah, definitely on social media. Um, Instagram and TikTok. Uh, we also have our website, so people can get a lot of information from the website. And then I do a lot of in-person marketing myself, going everywhere and telling um, anybody that I, I think would appreciate the brand, telling them about the brand. But it always funnels back to social media. Yeah. Yeah, I really like looking at your social media. It's like, it's it's a very encouraging and it feels like a safe place to be. Even if it is just like a clothing brand, it feels like a really safe place to be, you know? <laughs> Good, that makes me happy. That's definitely what I'm for, yeah. Yeah, do you have um, brand deals with people? Like, are you at that stage? Or if, if you want to be at that stage? Or, like, do you have other people who are like you know, pretty, like, well-known on social media or, like, some sort of influencers that will also promote your product? Or have you gotten to that point yet? Or what's up with that? Um, haven't 
fully gotten to that point yet. I think I'm transitioning into that period right now where <clears throat> I'm at the point where I can offer brand deals or products for, uh, you know, someone with a bigger following to post an influencer status to kind of share my brand. That's definitely the next step, and I'm really excited for that mm-hmm. because so far my brand has grown just word of mouth, mm-hmm. which has been a good start, but I'm ready to expand into, you know, more audiences and states. So, um, definitely excited to start doing uh, influencer marketing and hopefully that will be what we conquer this year with our marketing goals. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So, you know, you mentioned that you want to conquer this this year, but what other plans do you have in the future for your company? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so other than our product, what one thing that is in the near future in about a month that I'm really excited is that we're going to be launching a Kickstarter, a crowdfunding campaign to launch the denim short. This one um, reach a more global audience and a bigger audience. And then right now I've just been doing batches of small numbers when we produce our products. Mm-hmm. And if we launch the Kickstarter campaign, we can expand the volume of our production and uh, really offer more product and and options to the customers. So that is one project that we've been working for. It's hopefully going to launch in April. Um, so keep an eye out for that one. <laughs> and then <laughs> that, yeah, we're going to be expanding with more products, more designs, more merch. Mm-hmm. And one of my five-year goals is to get into wholesale industry mm-hmm. so that the athletic sizing scale can be offered at an even larger scale and can eventually be normalized. That's my main goal with the brand is not to be the only brand that offers women athletic sizing skills. Um, so if my brand has any influence on the world, it would definitely be to have this normalized as um, an athletic sizing scale that women can go and shop for. Yeah. And would you say that that's your message that you're trying to portray with everything that you're doing? Yes. Having a universal athletic sizing scale and just getting it in the um in the fashion industry um getting it normalized and just becoming an everyday thing that you see yeah i i think that's a really great thing and i really love what you're doing i think it's it's not something that i've seen very often it it makes me hopeful for the women fitness industry because like you said it wasn't a huge thing a couple years ago it's just really starting to become more god what's the word i'm looking for it's it's becoming more of a thing really it's becoming more noticeable that women in the fitness industry are not a force to be reckoned with so it's really nice yes. to see what you're doing and it's it's brings a lot of hope to a lot of people you know so everything yeah. yeah of course what advice do you have for women who might be in your position who want to start a company like this who who are wanting to make a difference in the fitness industry yeah oh my gosh um start (laughs) Uh, a lot of signs that point to know when you are looking into starting a business there's a lot of um negative things that you might read and a lot of risks that you might read on on the potential of starting something that you're passionate about uh people a lot of things in our society make it seem like you have to be an absolute expert in something before we go off on a course that we're passionate about. Mm -hmm. Um, They say ignore the naysayers, just 
start what you want to start and what you're really passionate about because chances are if you're passionate about something it's going to reach a thousand other people who are passionate about the same thing and mm-hmm. um, would really appreciate and need what your vision is to, into the world um, you know so be confident in your ability and do your research know that it's possible and do the damn thing <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> The world needs to hear and see it. Yeah, period. That's what's up. <laughs> well, yes. well, thank you so, so much again for being on my podcast as a guest. It was really interesting to hear about sort of the start of Assassina. I've been following you for a really long time. You know, I've known you for a really long time. So it was really, really cool to sort of actually sit down and talk and like see where everything came from. It was, it's really nice. So I really, really appreciate you being here. Thank you. I so appreciate you thinking of me and having me on. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, of course. Well, thank you so much. I will be running over to your website now and ordering those jeans because Lord knows I need them. (laughs) (laughs) I'll ship them to that. Oh, perfect. All right. Well, thank you very much. It was great talking to you. Thank you so much, Rowan. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Fit People Problems podcast. Make sure to check out my weekly blog post that corresponds with each podcast episode posted every Tuesday at 2. When my guests and I talk about each week here, I will give my own thoughts and opinions on there. You can find it on my website, which is linked in the bio of my Instagram at fitpeopleproblems underscore. Thank you so much for listening and be sure to tune in next week, Monday at 1. I'm your host, Rowan Edmonds, and this has been the Fit People Problems podcast.